On this episode of EdTech, we're talking about projectors versus displays, how you hide your technology, and security versus innovation. All that and more, next on EdTech. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. EdTech is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Utelogy. This is EdTech, episode 40, recorded Thursday, January 28th, 2016, under the table. This is EdTech, the monthly look at the education higher ed space for the AV industry. My name is Tom Albright. I am your host. With us, as always, Mr. Bill O'Donnell. Uh, how Hello. are you, sir? I'm doing well, sir. How are you doing? I have nothing other, other than the fact that you're Bill O'Donnell. So that's that's enough. You have a a, a if you're watching the video, he, he has a uh, um, Aquaman behind his head. So and a Joker and a Joker. Uh, also with us is Ernie Bailey from UAMS. How are you, brother? I'm doing just fine. Good deal. Ernie has two chairs, so I'm, I'm not going to go over everybody because now I'm going to talk about about Greg Greg Brown, who has entirely too many things behind him. How are you, sir? I, I, I was going to say hello, hello, Tim, hello, world, and um, I'll uh, I'll let you hello, know. Hello, spider plant. I'll I'll let you know what I don't have behind me. I was going to say yeah. I'll take inventory. He has Jimmy Hoffa. Uh, last but not least, Mike Tomei from Tomei AV. How are you, sir? Good, Tim. Doing well. Doing well. All righty. Uh, so here, here's a couple things we've got. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, hiding technology and, and this, that, and the other. But I want to start off with, with a debate, as it is. Um, Corporate Tech Decisions did a story, how to choose between a projector and a display. Now... Uh, off the air, we were talking. Uh, a couple of the guys have, have put in uh, laser projectors, which which I'm I'm cautiously optimistic on. I, I, I should say that you know, as, as a former tech manager, it it it's incre- it's an intriguing at least. Um, but you get into into situations where um, you've got you know whether it's 110 inches or, or what have you, where either you do need a, a projector legitimately, or sometimes a, a flat screen would would suffice. Uh, Mike, I want to start with you on this because because you're the consultant of our of our our fine group here. Um, and, and talking with folks, how do you make that that determination? I guess as a general rule of thumb, um, anything over eighty inches, uh, I recommend projectors because I feel like flat panels over eighty inches start to get really expensive really fast. Um, it all depends on the room and where you want to install it. Um, there are situations where you just can't put a projector in a room, and um, you really have to go- look to a large flat panel. But in general, um, anything over 80 inches, um, and I'm looking at projection. I, um, I'm not a fan of, of video walls. I just sit there and stare at the little bezel intersections the whole time, and even the ones with, with even the ones with my, with like one millimeter bezels. It's still, I'm All just right. staring at them. I cannot look All away right. from them. I love um, large projection instead of video walls when it can be done. There are situations where you just need a video wall, but um, but yeah, I just can't, I am not a big fan of them. Um, and I feel like also in classrooms, uh, you can it's it's easy and um, cheaper to have a blackboard or a whiteboard uh, behind a um, projection screen. Uh, if you put a, a flat panel on the front of the room, you're taking away board space from mm. instructors, and um, 
instructors want their board space. Blackboard or whiteboard uh, doesn't matter. They need board space, and uh, once you start taking it away from them, uh, it's not a good scene. So, um, I feel like two big complaints in the past with projectors have been um, that uh, they you have failed lamps, so the thing will die on you, and then you um, have noise in the room from the fan. And you were mentioning laser projectors, which solve both of those problems. There, they're uh, much quieter because they don't need as much cooling, and then. Um, you're not going to have lamps dying like you do with uh, conventional projectors. Okay. So, All so right. I'm a fan of projection. <laughs> fan of projection. All right, uh, Mr. Yep. Er uh, Ernie, we'll we'll start with with you and from from this end, um, um, projector or, or display. Uh, well, I think it's a, a situational call. Uh, I definitely agree with Mike uh, in that. You know, 80 inches and above is usually better look at a projector. We do have some 90s. Uh, around uh, and yes they are expensive but in the places we put them it's more practical than uh, putting up uh, an additional projector screen what we've done uh, in some of our rooms Tim you've seen a couple of them and we've been doing this in other places as well now is for video conferencing rooms we use the full screen for the main presentation and then we put the far side video it would usually be the picture in a picture on a 90 inch screen, even in a large auditorium, I can get by with, with that. Maybe one, I try to put one on each side. Uh, and no, it's not the ideal size, but it gives you a quick glance at the far side audience. You don't feel like you're alone. Uh, and then when the video switches to them, uh, you know, it's just kind of a move from the corner, uh, almost like a picture of picture shift. Uh, and uh, I do agree with Mike also on the, uh, the instructors like their board space. Yeah. What I'm doing in a, a new room is going to be a multi-purpose room, partially an uh, active learning room. We're putting in one interactive panel, uh, a 70-inch interactive uh, flat panel uh, that they can write on, and then we'll display that back. We'll have, the plan is to have 70 inch displays all the way around the room uh, for students. So no matter how the tables are oriented, they'll be able to see. Uh, but I like the contrast ratio. That That's a bigger argument for me than hmm. the noise uh, on a projector is you just don't have the contrast ratio. When we're trying to show medical images, that becomes an issue. Yeah. Uh, hmm. So, uh, but, you know, I, I think 80 is a good number. Uh, I might go even go down as far as 70 and above. We go with the projector in most rooms if we can make it work. Uh, but once again, you do have to look at ceiling height, power availability. If you're having to add a screen and a projector, the cost issue kind of goes away uh, for most of it. If you're replacing a projector, then you might then you get into the argument of price versus size versus quality versus you know what are they going to be using it for? So, all right, all right Mr. Brown, from from your your design expertise, uh, where where do you uh, where do you fall on this one? Uh, I'm trying to think of something intelligent to say that uh, that uh, those guys didn't already say. <laughs> um, they 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 touched on most of all the good points. 
Um, I think, yeah, price comes down a lot to it, uh, which is probably about 80 to 90 inches at this point. I've done one 90-inch and quite a few 70s and 80s. Um, the, the, the thing that does get mentioned a lot is the, the noise and the lamp life of projectors, although I think that's becoming less and less of an issue these days. When you look at the, the new projectors, you know, the new little Panasonics we're putting have a have a 6,000-hour lamp in them, so what are you going to do? Replace that once over the life of the projector? Um, I, I, you know, I think that's becoming a little, a lot less of an issue than it used to be. Uh, certainly it's shorter in the big projectors, um, but there we wouldn't be talking about monitors. Uh, the other the other advantage I found with the monitors is that we still have a lot of rooms, particularly if we're doing a, a space for a, a little campus department that doesn't have a lot of money. You know, a lot of times they have a they have an old room that has a you know one of these crazy 50s or 60s vintage ceilings with uh, the one by one glued on uh, tiles or the weird one by four tiles. Last thing I really want to do is start you know, climbing up in the ceiling and figuring out how to do a projector mount into that sort of thing. And if you've got a ceiling, or if you've got a, a nice clear wall, boom, generally you've got studs somewhere there in the wall that you can uh, you can anchor a mount to. When when you're not getting cheap crap hardware like I ended up, this is uh, with last Friday, this is before and after, a little uh, expandable bolt here that... Is that a mount wrote, for, a, for a projector? This is for a flat panel. Whoa! Came came with a bunch of these. This is to to attach it into a metal stud, and the one on your right or your left there is is well, it's all uh, squished. Is is before, and the oh. one on the 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 other one rather than expand out. It's it's these little things that that goes like that in the behind the wall. Yeah. Rather than expand out, it just twisted, and that wasn't so annoying as the hour and a half it took me to pull the darn thing out of the wall oh, right <laughs> because of course i had the other ones already set yes of course because they worked fine so, yes yes three or four worked fine and the fourth was the failure nice so. did you at least have extras you know in case you had yes they they, they were nice enough to give me ch uh, six cheap ass fasteners in the, <laughs> in the packet <laughs> is that is that the official name of them cheap ass uh what manufacturer was this? <laughs> I'm 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 not going to throw them under the bus. All right. They they know who they are. I've already talked to somebody there. Good. For, good I told good. them what I think of their hardware package. <laughs> There's two show names right there: cheap ass and hardware package. All right, Bill. Uh, what uh, so, projector uh, or flat case, panel? <laughs> in our case, it actually does kind of like. It, it price is an an issue, but for us it also comes into more engineering. So um, we were actually having a, a debate the other day with uh, our architects and and engineers about this because in our one of our new, new buildings, or sorry, we're renovating a building, and in some of the rooms they want to put 90-inch displays in, and uh, for the sake of our sanity, we're putting in a, a swing arm mount and everything. And uh, we asked the architects, hey, did you guys make sure you uh, reinforce the wall and everything? Because Chief and Peerless and a couple other ones all say, hey, um, you need to have steel plate reinforcement. And um, it went back and forth, and I brought up the magic words of structural engineer. And um, they're looking more at projector screens now because 
they realized they'd have to make a wall that could hold about 1,300 pounds. And uh, they're, they're going, well, that's just not really cost-effective. I was like, thank you. So we're, um, we're probably going down the path of, of 80 inch and below is a display, 80 inch and above, we go with uh, projection. Um, the only mitigating factor might be, uh, the other thing too is that when it comes to, I don't know how much you guys have, have had with um, having uh, HVAC having to do renovations or you know put in new mechanical, but uh, above ceiling space now is really starting to become a luxury. Um, Mostly in the fact that you know these days we use like uh, the tile bridges and everything, and that'll in, get us in new construction or renovation. Sorry, um, a little bit of both. Um, I have my own personal nightmare in the fact that our 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 building that we're renovating now um, had low ceilings to begin with, and the only way they could get mechanical in was to remove the ceiling the ceiling grid entirely. So we have double T uh, ceiling uh, ceilings. And um, yeah, trying to run anything through there is a nightmare. So it's um, it's a pole mount that we're gonna have to put on um, two two separate sets of Unistrut to uh, adjust the uh, adjust the forward and back, um, and that's about it. Because otherwise, you know, normally we let's put it this way: any architect would cringe if you saw what we normally did, and that was we would take the uh, the CM the the chief tile bridge. And uh, we actually have our carpenters go in and erect like a, a it looks like an erector set straight down from the ceiling. But it has everything. It has everything we need. It has a place to put the uh, the power outlet. It has a place to put the um, uh, HD base T receiver, and it has a and it has a sliding pipe mount. So. Oh wow. Okay. And it's not pretty, but it works. But it's and it's probably a lot more secure than than you know some some folks. So. Uh, than a regular pipe mount. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, uh, moving on to our friends over at Commercial Integrator. Look at the video content, not the streaming device. Um, this is about uh, hiding technology, not not necessarily, you know, what which streaming device you're you're doing. Um, the the product specifically they're talking about is a Middle Atlantic product. Um, their UTB series Universal Tech Box. However, I, I wanted to, to get beyond that, and, and uh, Greg, I want to start with you because actually you are the first person I ever met who, who used stuff like this, where you actively looked to find ways to hide the technology. Um, another uh, friend of ours, uh, Chris Netto, who's a, who's a um, design engineer and a consultant uh, out east, he's constantly having to hide the technology. So from your standpoint, Greg, what is the best way to do that? Um, you, you've got to get creative and I, I like this box. I haven't seen it in person. I, I like the, uh, I like what I see online and it's, it's one or two space and regular width and hat foot with, I, which I thought was, uh, sort of a novel direction to go. Um, but I, I like that they're looking at the devices out there and figuring out, things that they can do with them. I think uh, Middle Atlantic's one of the more creative companies in our little world. Um, and I, I don't think some of these companies spend enough time looking how at how their products can be used with other things that are out there. I'll mention uh, um, the, the FSR box I've used now, the, the, what is it, uh, TS400, the top shelf. Mm -hmm. It's a, a big box that, uh, it's a four 
four space box that mounts up uh, where the ceiling meets the wall and um, I actually managed to put a DMPS 300 in it the big uh, are you crestron. kidding me yes <laughs> now you can do that now I, 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 I I'm not faulting FSR it's a it's a neat box and I, I recommend you using right angle HDMI plugs you you either have to use right angles or you have to use like what we ended up using were some uh, some shorty dongles with um, with tails with on them fair, with, with like yeah, ribbon cable yeah. or something right yeah th this was the I, I probably I'm sure I railed about this on a, at one point in a past show the 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 original integrator came in and started pulling the the ultra heavy duty Extron cables with you know the boots that are like you know four inches long <laughs> and it's like Guys, have you have you looked at what that looks like inside the box, and and it it just plain wouldn't work, and they were they weren't going to change them out on us, so we eventually ended up you know tossing them off the project. Um, but uh, it's a it's a novel thing, and that you can come up with some interesting combinations to put gear in odd places if you do your homework and be aware with what's out there. The, this. Um, I, I like the uh, Middle Atlantic box. What the FSR let us do by putting the DMPS is that basically we took a room which was um, you used the uh, the little Extron tilt out, mm -hmm. which has like four rack spaces. We turned that into a room with uh, with a DMPS 300 and a couple cameras and full video conferencing and an interactive Epson and um, uh, you name it. It's everything and it still has the same tilt out over on the wall. See, and that fact that that, that that box allowed you to do that is really cool. So, yeah, you have to get creative. You can put this stuff all all over the place. I've also seen. Um, I, I know a couple people where they took some. Um, um, it's something out of the IT world. Imagine like a three or four, two or three or four rack unit and what uh, what that world has is they have some things where they take that space and it's actually attached to the to the wall vertically such that you can hang a couple of pieces vertically and i've seen a couple of schools where they'll put a couple things like that and they'll put like an amp in a closet or hmm. a basic switcher or something like that and and get stuff out of the way or even you know off behind a instructor's console or something like that and you know shoehorn in a couple of things that you know, really lets you leverage what you've already got in the room in a lot of cases. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, Mr. O'Donnell, from uh, from you, you you spent a couple of uh, oh two or three years here trying to to do things at the in the classroom experience. What? How do you hide things? Um, well, once again, I, I do have to give Mill Atlantic uh, credit for their um, their tech box and everything. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that it's it's a totally new product because. Uh, to a certain degree, like Extron has kind of has made like under the shelf mounts for a while. Under, yeah, under the, like under the desk like, mounts, yeah. 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 But um, it's nice in the fact that in Mill Atlantic's case, it's adjustable. And I think if, if there's a clamping option, it's really going to do well. Um, so as far as hiding things, yeah, um, I'm not going to lie. I've, I've been with Chris in the trenches trying to find ways to hide things and and uh, um, if anything, I'm actually really happy that FSR picked up on something. Um, you know, Mike has uh, the the um, Top Shelf uh, series. Um, I like the fact that they actually picked up um, the Connect Track series. Mm, and yeah. uh, if if you haven't seen if you haven't seen these, um, 
it's got one raceway for your power and then another raceway to send all your AV cabling. And it's also, um, it's wheelchair uh, run, run over uh, accessible and everything. And um, really with us, it's just a matter of trying to get our carpenters or carpeting folks and everything to uh, recut, the, recut the carpet a little bit. And it also has a, uh, you know, a little angled uh, box to, you know, shoot back up into the wall. So, because in a lot of cases, we still have uh, classrooms where, you know, we we can't put it. We can't put a floor core in because um, you know the the rooms slab on grade. Yeah. So, so I, just, I, I gotta, real, real quickly, Bill, just just for clarification and for folks who don't know exactly why, why would you want to separate your power from your AV cables? Um, you want you want me to go down like the National Electric Code version, or just, just give because me the it's not a good version. idea? It's not a good idea. You you don't want to put high power and low voltage together, like bad things happen. It gives me an enlightening experience. Oh, <laughs> and it could oh, where's, be, the, where's uh, the rimshot button? I don't have a oh, joke for, for the waves that it could create, too. So, Oof. At least it used to. All right, uh, Mr. Ernie, um, how do you guys uh, hide things, or, or do you do you even do it? I don't know that I'm making an attempt to hide things. We do need to make the furniture usable. Okay. Uh, I mean, I like this product. If I needed to put something like that in, I'd probably look at that. I've Always been happy with middle line products and, and their uh, flexibility and their willingness to work with any device you want to put in and come up with custom mounts for you. Uh, but I, we would probably try to find a way to put that. Most of our rooms have a rack in the corner, and our racks are done very neat. Uh, they're. Uh, I don't have a problem having them in the in the classroom. You know we. Uh, yes, we, we locked the back door and we put side panels on it, but there's a lot of planning that goes into the rack layout and into the wiring of the rack so we keep everything neat. So if I could relocate that to the rack and just run whatever I needed back to the desk, you know, uh, any type of user interface for any device, that's, that would be my choice. Yeah. Um, Tim, if yeah. I... If I yeah, sorry. Okay. So uh, one of the other things, um, once again, we had a new building uh, uh, open up this uh, just a few weeks ago, and one of the things I noticed is that a lot of students really enjoy the. Um, we have uh, group study rooms, or you know, it, they're essentially academic huddle spaces. Okay. And um, I have to give it to Mill Atlantic in that um, you know, the under the the UTB box is a is a nice thing. Um, the nicer thing is. Um, you know, they're really trying to make a big push with their hub table. And, um, you know, I've kind of kicked the tires. Um, it's, there, there's, there's some little finessing it's got to go through, but I, I like where Mill Atlantic is going with it because um, they're using their tech ped, which is great for, you know, AV guys like us because it's, oh, here, I can hide, um, I can hide a HD base T transmitter. I can hide a processor. I can hide a PC in there. And, uh, they've built the raceway. They have a J channel raceway built underneath the table, and you know it doesn't have to be standalone. You can actually have it to where the table uh, can go up go up against a wall, and you can put up a wall mount and you know have it stationary, or you can have it kind of like a self-contained system. And um, I, you know what, I like that Mill Annex is getting into the furniture biz. I'll yeah. just say that. 
that that one or two rack space I think gives you a lot of flexibility whereas a lot of the other things out there are purpose built mounts to put a device on the on the underside of a table with a rack plate you know you can put a plate in front of something or you could you could mount something into a rack plate like that it gives you a bit of a uh, bit of flexibility absolutely all right mr Temme, i'm going to have you take a little bit different stance on this um give me the pros and cons of hiding equipment be the devil's advocate be the devil's advocate tell me the why it's a bad idea okay so uh the pros are you know, everybody discussed all of that you want to um, you know, hide the equipment and limit um, uh, user accessibility to it. So use security covers or, um, you know, hidden in racks, locked racks, things like that. So you don't have uh, um, nosy Nellies in there uh, pressing every button they can when something doesn't work. So that's obviously a, a huge plus with it. Um, the cons for it, so when I used to do a lot of uh, repair or install work or maintenance work myself, um, you have hidden equipment and you weren't the one that installed it and the original installer didn't document it very well. A lot of times you're searching the room for where things are installed. Um, you know, somebody stashed something up in a ceiling or in a closet somewhere or behind a display and you have to go repair it and now you need to, you know, you don't have a well-documented system. So um, to make up for that, document everything that you uh, install and have great as-built drawings with uh, equipment locations so that somebody can step in there and, and find everything really easily. And um, also another thing to watch out for is um, when mounting items underneath tables is uh, ADA standards for knee clearance. Mm. Um, and not just ADA standards for knee clearance. You just don't want anyone tucking their chair in and encountering a, a piece of equipment that's mounted underneath there and, you know, racking their knee into it. Um, so uh, the ADA standards have really clear knee and toe clearance um, specifications. Uh, that's standards that have to be adhered to. And, um, and a cheap plug, I wrote an article for Campus Technology Magazine about uh, ADA standards in AV design. It was back in November, I believe, uh, and it's on the website. And I talked about knee clearance in there um, because that's pretty important. We all like to hide things underneath tables, but then you start encroaching on those standards. So. Well, yeah, and, and you're right. It's not just the standard. It's the fact that you don't want to hit your knee on something. So, Yeah. All right. So yep. from standards there to security. <laughs> um, this is from Campus yes. Technology. Oh, my gosh. Have we talked about security? Um, yeah. <laughs> Se CampusTechnology.com. Security versus innovation. Carnegie Mellon's exploration of new Internet of Things technology pairs innovation with security research. Bill, I'm going to let you kick off this. Uh, and here's the overarching question to all four of you. And, and, and to, can I call uh, myself Batman? You can call yourself Batman. Um, okay. it, uh, Greg will be, will be Black Widow. Um, <laughs> if anybody, I'm the Joker. Well, that's true. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. And, and it's, it, this one specifically talks about the Internet of Things. We're, we're kind of referencing in our jest. Uh, the, the AMX uh, backdoor story that has been uh, running for about a week now. Um, the, how do we push the envelope, right, while still staying secure? All righty. Uh, <laughs> well, there's, a, as I say, I, I will say this. Um, just kind of going back to it, 
a uh, little preface. I was a DoD employee for for many a year, and um, before I before I left, um, everyone actually a lot of folks actually did have to get uh, security training. Like you actually had to go and get like CompTIA Security Plus training. Uh, and if you didn't, you were, you know, you weren't going to be fired. Of your duties? You certainly, what's that? Relieved of your duties? Uh, you would definitely be put on something that was not um, uh, computer related. I'll okay. say that much. Um, but in terms of, yeah, so for me, it's already like, well, yeah, no, I'm aware of security. Um, if anything, we do try to, as I say, I'd say most uh, folks probably keep things pretty well segmented. I mean, Greg, just out of curiosity, for you guys in your campus, I'm sure you guys have you guys have a separate VLAN for the AV for the control systems, or no? Oh yeah, we have a we have our own VLAN in mm -hmm. every one of our buildings that has uh, classrooms. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so things are already kind of segmented to begin with, um, and not to as I say, not to beat up on AMX or anything like that. Uh, I will say this. Oh, but it's so much fun. Yeah, but in this case, like, folks were blowing this up and going, oh, my gosh, I, I, I wanted to point out to everyone, I'm like, guys, those networks that they could try to, quote, unquote, try to find um, were behind lots and lots of fiber that were behind lots and lots of encryption that was behind lots and lots of people with guns. So I'm like, there's there's no way that stuff went out to the Internet. That was just, I don't know, it's... Tim, Tim, as I say, Tim, you wrote up a good article about it, and believe me, like there's no way that, that stuff ever got out onto the uh, onto the open web. Okay, no, it, but it, it's it, it's a good opportunity though to have a larger conversation, though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, in that, you know, as far as much folks will go and say, oh, you connect, you can connect everything. Well, that's great. That's like saying, hey, our business is completely open. Well, great. Do you have any locks? Do you have any kind of things to uh, authenticate? No. You might want to get on that because the last thing you need is, you know, God forbid, in the future, if um, someone was actually able to hack into my hack into my uh, my 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 home my you know my my home uh, network and everything because uh, the freaking Samsung uh, refrigerator uh, didn't get its firmware updated. So your again, refrigerator is out to get you. Well, in this end, we've my, learned my that we've learned that Bill has a Samsung refrigerator, which is just to make us sad. Well, hey, it was unspecial. What do you want me to say? That's, that's almost as weird as the, the the action hero stuff he's into. Well, yeah. <laughs> he, doesn't fu he doesn't have fuzzy dice behind him, though. No, he doesn't. No, I don't. Uh, although Tim does, does have a sketch that I got him, though, behind him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. If you're watching the video, you'll see Handy Dandy Wonder Woman right there. Yeah. yeah. That's very nice. By, <laughs> by the illustrious Phil Jimenez. But anyway. All right, we're we're getting sidetracked here. Greg, uh, talk about VLANs and and security. Um, yeah, we have VLANs. The 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 problem with all of this is that it it actually the thing I was going to say. You asked, you know, how do we was it how do we push the envelope? I was going to say we're in higher education. We don't push any envelopes. Around okay, here. well, yes, there's that. <laughs> um, you know, we're we're you know fat. We can we can play that the, that chalkboards are gone. <laughs> Who who can say chalkboards is gone? When did that happen? <laughs> they still have chalkboards. You sure walk in. Here's the thing. The you walk into here. Washington University here in St. Louis. You're going to see hundreds of them still. We we still have chalkboards yeah. and um, uh, got got the uh, got the deer in the headlights look when I mentioned to an integrator the other day that we still had a few slide projectors on campus. 
Hmm. Wow. I've got one on a card. Yep. Um, the, the the problem with the technology is things don't always the, the, things like AMX. Yes, we're behind lots of walls and security and things like that. But security isn't always done the way security should be should be done. And yes, we have stuff on our own VLANs, but we we managed right at the end of summer to uh, put a bunch of again Crestron DMPS 300s online in a building and the uh, the new 3300s will do um, SSH secure shell which I don't know a lot about but apparently we we left some stuff open that let the outside world discover that there were devices that ran secure shell which apparently is like uh, popularly like uh, servers and things like that that uh, people can remote into and we just got bombarded by attempts to get in and until you until you do this you don't you don't appreciate how much attraction or or how many people how many uh, nefarious people out there you will attract very quickly on the on the intertubes when you do something wrong and uh, we had these three three hundreds locking up about every 24 hours and we'd, we'd go in and I'd download the error log and I'd have a 400 page word document of error messages in in the 24 hours since I rebooted the box and very quickly we're like okay something's open that shouldn't be because we're getting you know just thousands of hits from I mean you name it it came from all over the all over the world all those terrible countries and you know Central America and South America and Florida and all sorts of crazy places. Oh, good! Uh, let, my five, my Fiverr request actually went through. Yeah, let me, I, yeah, let, it was it was just amazing to look at, just all the traffic that came in just through this, you know, this this port and this feature being left open and, and accessible. Let let me point so. something out here, and I I don't don't misunderstand. I'm not picking on you, Greg. <laughs> let me preface. Why that. stop now? But you, you said something there. You said apparently we left something open. Yes. Right? How do we get educated about this then? I mean, because you, you, you said apparently. By screwing stuff up like By we screwing, do. Yes. That... <laughs> That's the fastest way. Good fastest, easy, easiest, and clearly the most dramatic. Oh, By yes. being caught with our pants down. That's that's the way it goes. That is not the way, though. It's not the way it should be, at least, I guess. Um, well, we have all of our systems email our programmer error messages Very so good. as opposed to it just collecting in a file it automatically shoots into the programmer so he quickly knows uh, what he did and he knows now how to stop getting all these emails that's a good idea <laughs> I, I will say this Tim like um, Crestron has done a good job with it uh, so is Mersive and a couple other companies in that um, when it comes to putting you know your, your AV products on the network. Um, Crestron and, and Mersive have both said, here, you want to know exactly which ports you need? Here's a list of the ports that we, that we uh, need open. The rest of them you can close down. And it tends to put network folks a lot at ease because they will see our stuff on the network and they go, it's not a server, it's not an appliance, what is this thing? Yeah. And they'll try to just lock it down. So if it's it's it is a bit of a you know, well how do we learn? Well you ask the manufacturers what stuff do you use? Like what like there there does have to be like a bit of training of of T C P UDP stuff, but 
at the same time, there has to be um, a, a bit of proactiveness on the manufacturers to say, this is the stuff we use, and you know, here's a here's a port so and so. We don't need that. You can shut it down. We don't care. Well, meanwhile, we have another building subnet where we uh, the other week switched over to the Crestron recommended ports open, ports closed, and crashed everything. Um, did you so, remember to uh, turn off private network mode? <laughs> we're, we are, um, we're, we're in the middle, I am in the middle of trying to figure out exactly what happened with that one, because the, the wrong ports worked and the right ports didn't, so. Rapid spanning tree? That <laughs> um, some fun stuff right there. Yeah, they're, they're past that. It was just, it was just, it was closing ports that seemed to cause the problem, but. I, I need to look at. I need to look at their. See, remember again, we're not IT. We we work with an IT department to do this, and I need to do a little comparison of. Okay, is this what we had before, and is this what we switched to, yeah. and figure out what we did and what we might have done wrong. All right, Mr. Tomei, um, how do we do this? How, how do we keep you know getting the, some of the latest greatest stuff, but also keep ourselves secure? Yeah, I think AV professionals are doing a good job now of learning um, net, network security pretty quickly, or trying to at least. Uh, there's some good classes out there, Infocom classes and others, um, to learn this stuff. But getting the campus network security people or IT people involved right in the beginning of a project is always key. Um, and a lot of times when you know clients come to you or come to me, with their little consumer devices that they want to throw on the network and, and integrate with the AV system, a lot of that gets shut down pretty quickly by the network uh, security people um, right in the beginning of the conversation. So this article in Campus Technology talks about um, uh, campuses putting a lot of these consumer um, devices on their network and kind of tying it in with the AV system and letting everything just be a, a free-for-all. Um, and uh, I, I can't see a lot of network security people loving that idea. No, so I think uh, I think that's going to probably be shut down pretty quickly. No, yeah. Definitely. All right, guys. Um, that's going to do it for us. Um, Mr. Mike Tomei, thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you. Uh, how do people find you? Uh, they can go to my website. It's tomeiav.com. That's T-O-M-E-I-A-V.com. Or I'm on LinkedIn. They can find me there. All right, very good. Mr. Ernie Bailey, sir, from UAMS. Thank you, sir. I have very much enjoyed it. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Yeah, Ernie is is one of the one of our our our, our past um, uh, Infocom um, uh, Technology Manager Council chairs, and so is Mr. Greg Brown. So, thank you, sir. Thank you. You're quite welcome. How do people find you? Uh, LinkedIn again, popular place. All right, very good. I mentioned the the Technology Managers Council because uh, Infocom late last year made an announcement that they're they're kind of re 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 upping, I guess is the best way to put it, and and focusing more on the councils this year. So, all of you technology managers out there, get get involved if you could, please. Is, is there still a Technology Managers Council? I have not heard a thing from them for months. I think that was part of the announcement, though, is the, is that Infocom is because the, they did. I think I think they lost. Uh, and then lose, but the the person um, moved on to a different different job. The the um, Infocom liaison, um, and they're getting another one of those, and they're 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 refocusing on on the councils this I year. I think I had four that. during my two years. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I had how one often during my they... three years, Greg? Huh? I had one during my three years. Yeah, I, it must I, be the yeah. it must be the person then. <laughs> 
I, I figured they were like a Time Lord. They had to regenerate every six months into a new person. No, it, 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 was, it was probably just you, Greg, <laughs> is what we're trying to say. Well, but 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 you can't blame the council on me. I I we got a new council uh, chair before I left. Okay. So if, if the council is crashed and burned, it's not my it's fault. Not it's your who, fault. It's, not... it's whoever this new guy was that I I mailed the 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 scepter and the crown to. All right. Good night. All right. Last but not least, Bill O'Donnell. Thank you, sir. Uh, thank you. Um, you can find me on Twitter, and uh, not to shoot my own horn, but I am, as I say, once again, I want to say thank you to Commercial Integrator for being one of the uh, 103 uh, AV tweeps. So yes, you were. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, go follow him if you're on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm at the original OD. So the original OD. Mike, yep. is it is it Tomei AV? What is yours? The for Twitter. Yes. Uh, it's just Mike Tomei, Mike but Tomei. I rarely end up tweeting. <laughs> and Greg, and Greg's is AV Greg, so. <laughs> yep. That one, and Ernie doesn't know that Twitter exists, so. Very uh, <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> infocom, and that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. So, uh, My name is Tom Albright. Uh, don't follow me on, on the Twitters because I just complain about the Bears. Um, although this is the 30th anniversary of them winning their last Super Bowl this week, so. Well, Which it's a good thing you uh, you follow an out of town hockey or uh, football team, I guess. There isn't it, Tim? Yes, it is, Mister Mister Brown, yeah, because you, you have the have Rams back in home anymore. Enjoy them. Well, Greg took them. Yeah, yeah, you know, Greg it's, took it's them. gonna be it's gonna be pretty novel actually living in a major city with a football team. Now, I I haven't done that now for what thirty years. Why? As I say, they say they, they, what they're moving back to the place they moved away from. Yes. Yeah, and you yeah. know what? That that's kind of why I'm I'm a Bears fan. My dad grew up a Bears fan. I grew up a Bears fan, and and we uh, when we got the Rams, it was like okay, cool, you know. And they and they won a Super Bowl. They did good, did a good job, and 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 did some, had some good teams. But uh, I, I've I've remained a Bears fan, and and they're not going anywhere. So, all right, uh, yeah. But go by the website if you would please. Avnation.tv, Avnation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others. Uh, quick plug here because this is our um, we do a monthly thing. Um, we're going to ISE in about a week and a half here, and lots of stuff going on. We're doing eight shows there. Um, we do AV AV week will be done there. Uh, we're doing a daily wrap up, about 15, 20 minutes uh, every day. It will be here in the states. It'll it'll air live at eleven forty five. Uh, AM. We'll stream it live from the show floor of ISC. So check that out if you would please. Uh, starting up a brand new, um, our, our brand new residential show, uh, Resi Week. So we'll do take a look at the residential side and the commercial side on a weekly basis. So, but check, check that all out. Avnation.tv, Avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been EdTech.